everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Time now for Breaking Bones with Dr. George Bari and Joe C. An informative but laid-back approach to sports medicine on 1010XL. Yeah. Now, let's break some bones. Good morning, Jacksonville. Breaking Bones is on the air. You know, I kind of like to call it a Breaking Bones takeover Sunday mornings. Joe C. from XL Primetime, noon to three weekdays, right here on the Superstation. And Geo, Dr. George Barr. Geo, how are you, What's man? What's up, man? You ready to rock and roll? I'm revved up. Listen, uh, it's a Sunday without football, but you know we've enjoyed crisp weather. I don't know whether it's going to rain today, but anyway, it still kind of feels like football weather. But, bro, we are marching into February. We're a week away from the Super Bowl, crowning a Super Bowl champion. Yes, yes. And then you got to say goodbye to football. I don't know. Like There are certain things that are emotional to me in my sports world yeah. because, you know, I'm just like I'm enveloped in the sports world. Are there things that you say goodbye to? I don't know, like – seasonally or annually that just kind of like bum you uh, out? You know, I, I get bummed out when football ends. Mm-hmm. Um, I do get bummed out when NBA playoffs end, okay. especially when the Heat are on, because like, I, I enjoy the NBA playoffs a I lot. I know you're an NBA fan. Does it take, like, do you feel like, come on, let's get to the postseason? Yes, because, a lot because of people the watch. season is tough. Right. Uh, you know, and I watch it when it comes on. It's, I keep an, a track on it, but the season is tough. It's like baseball. It's, it's long. Oh, my gosh. It, it does drag on. So, um, and then I, I get excited when F1 starts again. Okay. See, there you which go. It's coming up soon. So, I always tell you that when the golf majors end, and, and look, if you're a golf fan, you're dug in, but it's, it's basically from April to August where you have these big events, or March to August, because you have to include the players. But anyway, those majors, when they go away, I get sad, and everyone's like, hey, dumb A. Yeah. Football's beginning. <laughs> yeah, get over yourself. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so F one, we're gonna we're gonna give people some F one. Well, talk. I mean, so actually, a bit of news we didn't mention last time, but after mm-hmm. our illustrious show, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I drove down to the twenty four hours of Daytona. See, I love that, and it was great. You know, the first of all, the tickets are like insanely cheap compared to F one. It was forty five forty five dollar, and you can walk anywhere. Yeah, in the F one, I think the minimum at in Miami, it was like 400 bucks, and you can just sit in that one spot. No kidding. All right, so I'm going to quiz you on this real quick. <laughs> By the way, this is a sports injury show. He is fellowship trained under the renowned Dr. James Andrews. So if you have a sports injury question, 641-1010, because we admit it. Look, Gio's got the scrubs on. He's working all the time. He likes to talk about stuff that is fun to him on a sports station. But if you have a sports injury, 641-1010, you can let us know. It could be a, a shoulder ache, elbow, wrist, whatever it might be, a hip to toe. We can help you. Just let us know. 641-1010. So way back when I went to the Rolex. Yeah. And like you said, it's a much more affordable ticket compared to F1. So get, are we talking the paddock area in the infield? Yeah. World? I mean, you could okay. you walk in. I mean, the ticket was $45 and I got it, I got it last minute, right? Mm-hmm. And you could walk in anywhere. The garage... Walk in any of the seat, the whole Daytona, you know, the seating. I never been to Daytona. Oh, um, okay. So I like hearing that. We walked all around, around this is the your whole first thing. Trip. Yeah, and I did see the um, the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Some of the bathrooms felt like uh, you know what is that area called where where the pigs eat the the trough slop? Or, yeah, the yeah, trough. That's what I was. You know, that's what the bathrooms were. Dude, let me tell you something. <laughs> Literally, we'll, we'll go back to old school. 
Okay, old school. You think those troughs uh, are like state of the art? <laughs> those troughs have been around, man. I told for my a buddy, I said, time. listen, these are NASCAR bathrooms. Yeah. My friend, my European friends at Formula One would never let me urinate in that. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you something. And these are souped up troughs, okay? This is like, all right, so my joke is long, long, long time ago, because I would go to Speed Weeks. I was a NASCAR just breathing petrol all the time. I love NASCAR. I, I've waned a little bit as far as my interest goes. But anyway, I was diehard. I was a track announcer. I really? went down and did track announcing at Daytona overnights during Rolex 24. Update. Like to the stadium? Yeah, to the stadium. Wow. I was a PA announcer. Look anyway, you, man. I used to be an announcer at St. Augustine Speedway. And so that's how I connected with the guys uh, that ran the electronic scoreboards. They inst installed the electronic scoreboards at Daytona. It was really, really cool back then. Anyway, this is about the time I was thinking about going either NASCAR or PGA Tour. You see what I'm wearing today? Yeah, PGA Tour. PGA Tour. And so uh, I, I feel like I went in the right direction. But anyway, I loved NASCAR back then. And so my joke was always that I would hang out in the pits and I would use this line all the time because once I was there, it was official. I hung out with the Unical gang. And whenever you're doing racetrack announcing, you're going, he just put two cans of Unical fuel and he's <laughs> on his way. And so we would have so much fun. Anyway, they were barbecuing spam and drinking bush beer. Yeah. And I was in my element, bro. And I would always refer to that one party that I had with the Unical crew. And we had such a good time. But Daytona, it's Bubba now. It's Bubba. Yeah. You haven't truly seen yeah. Bubba until you've come back for Speed Weeks. I, I, I want to go to, you know, to, to see how it is. Now that I've got my first taste of it, it was, you know, um, not NASCAR, but, right. you know, at the same, same track, but mm -hmm. different configuration, obviously. Yeah. I will say Cadillac, uh, I, I have a newfound respect for Cadillac. Their, their race car was, first of all, sounded amazing. Yeah. And they did a great job. Uh, during the race, so it was, it was interesting. Yeah, because I heard that they are coming on strong. Oh, so speaking of Cadillac, yeah. Mario Andretti was trying to, not his son, not Mario, but his yeah, son, Michael. Michael, was trying to join F1 mm -hmm. with Cadillac. That was their bid. It was going to be, they were going to be a Cadillac team, and they just got denied a few days ago. And F1 why? said no, because apparently Cadillac wasn't going to have their own power unit. They were going to have to get a, uh, one of the other teams to build their power unit, which is very common in F1. Mm -hmm. And then they were going to build their power unit in two or three years. Okay. Well, F1 said, we're not going to let you come on in because no team wants to give you a power unit for you to steal their technology just to make your own in two years, which is BS because a lot of teams do this. This is nothing and, new. And they said, come back in 2028 or 2029 and try again. How, that's and, how long? And they said, Mario Andretti would benefit way more from F1 than F1 would benefit from, Mario, from, uh, from Andretti, the Andretti name. I guess I can't argue I mean, with them right now. I don't know, man. Andretti, but isn't that, don't you think that's a slap in the face? So that's kind of like, who are you? I mean, Andretti has a name. And mm -hmm. every, oh, no question. every uh, racing series he has been in, they've won something. Mm -hmm. So they have a pedigree. It's not like they're just oh, yeah. losers in every racing series. They've won. But I, the, my only reaction series. to you is that F1 is like on worldwide yeah, on but top you wanna, right you wanna, They want to get the American fan more into it. There Instead you go. of going to Vegas and charging $1,000 a ticket. That's a good point. Right? Get the Andretti name in. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's way better than charging a $1,000 ticket in Vegas that no one's buying. Yeah, because now they've brought four events into the they got, uh, they, got the Miami, they got three. Miami, Austin, Austin and then uh, Vegas. Vegas. Okay, all right, so three. So, yeah, that, that, that point I totally agree with. And, yeah, don't you're, – you're, you're on the fringe uh, of, <laughs> of American sports. 
don't turn your back on big race names like that. You, you, I, I have to agree with you now. Uh, Michael Andretti, son of Mario. Mario was the superstar, both open wheel and in he wasn't a superstar in NASCAR, but he was at least able to come over and race in, in the big stock cars. All right, six four one ten ten. Let's talk a little sports injury. Uh, this is a, a Sunday without football, Gio. Yeah. We're talk about injury. A lot of people right now, their football heart is injured because the season is close to coming to an end. Now, all of Duval, we know what they experienced: uh, straight pain. <laughs> with the way the season ended. So Jaguars football has been over for a few weeks now. But last week we had Championship Sunday. Next week we will have the Super Bowl. Uh, we will be talking about all the great eats. If you guys let us know today what you're going to be eating next Sunday, that would be awesome. Uh, 641-1010. One of the guys that has been talked about a ton as far as whether or not he will be in the game on Sunday is Joe Tooney. And Tooney is a guy that had a – at the very least, a pec strain, and it could be, diagnosis-wise, as much as a tear of the pec. And right now, they're trying to figure out if he can avoid surgery, uh, what is the real deal with Joe Tooney. He's sought multiple second opinions, and it doesn't look good for him right now. But let's talk about the pec injury and why there's such – well. how would you describe this, Geo? Just a wide range of opinions on the actual injury. I mean, look, there's already reports that it's torn, mm-hmm. right? And normally these teams tend to underplay injuries and overplay, right? So if there's reports that there's a tear or there's a strain, I'm going that there's a tear. Okay. Right? They're not gonna, it's not going to be a strain and they're going to say, oh, it might be a tear. I think they're going to underplay it, if anything. Second of all, the fact whenever somebody gets second opinions, mm-hmm. usually – especially in the NFL, that means they're getting an answer that they don't like. Usually, yes. And they want to see if someone else will give them a different answer, which is fine, right? And that's your prerogative. You could definitely do that. Mm -hmm. But normally, because the answer is you're out, you can't play, you need a surgery. So they go, well, let me go to a guy who thinks maybe I can play. And then they go and probably get the same response. Exhaust possibility. And so he probably has a torn pec, and he's been told that he can't play, which he's going to – I mean, look, you can play with a torn pec if you wanted to. It's going to hurt. You're going to have no strength, and you're not going to be any good. Yeah, because you're blocking for Pat Mahomes, which means you're going to get run over. You're going to be a detriment to your team at that point. You're not helping the team. Mm -hmm. So I would not be shocked if we hear that he's out. Yeah, I I totally get it because uh, when it's all said and done – uh, he heads into the offseason. He misses the biggest game, one of the biggest games of his life. He's already played in a Super Bowl before and won it as they're coming back as the defending champs. But still, it absolutely sucks. And, and we asked Leon Cersei about this on XL Primetime. Nothing like knowing that you've reached a pinnacle in your sport and you're not 100% to play. Right. And there's not a lot you can do uh, to come back from it, that's for sure. Now, there are a couple of other guys uh, that are dealing with injuries, and we'll find out if they can come back. One of them, you, you hate you hate. Same thing, right up to the big game. Charles Omenhu is a pass uh, edge rusher for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he ends up tearing his ACL. And he was in the game early, Gio, was only in the game for a few plays against Baltimore, was able to get to Lamar Jackson, and the next thing you know, I think he might have played one more play. I missed how he heard it. Did, did someone roll up on him, or did he tw- – I, yeah. I didn't see the play. It looks like it. it looks like it was one of those that was, was folded over, and, and you just absolutely hate it for a guy like this. Left in the first half. Uh, with the knee injury, I want to say he tried to come back and played one more time and was not able to do it. 
uh, you watched him kind of walk up and down the sidelines and was trying to get strength back in his leg and was trying to push off. So maybe take us through that part because we are talking about the ACL, but he was just trying to see on the sidelines if he could create leverage Did he walk off the field? Yes. Yeah, so there's a, there's a misconception, uh, and I'll get a lot of text messages saying, oh, there's no way he has an ACL, he's walking on the sideline. Mm-hmm. That means nothing. Right. Plenty of people have a torn ACL and walk themselves to the sideline and walk up and down the sideline. That does not mean he does not have a torn ACL. I'll give you an example. After the game, Omenahu, who is a pretty dang good player, uh, said, I'll be ready for the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, he proclaimed, I'll yeah. be ready for the Super Bowl. And, and basically, next thing you know, he goes and gets the full examination, torn ACL. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, sometimes you know people get a torn ACL, and it's the injury, the, the pain is not terrible to mm-hmm. where they think that it's torn, right? Um, they'll see their friend who has a torn ACL who can't move, can't bend the knee. Their leg blows up like a balloon. And then I have, you know, it's not normal, but I do have patients come in with, a, with an ACL tear. Their knee barely swelled up. Oh, wow. They have a little bit of pain, but it's not like, you know, they're not dying in pain. And then you tell them it's torn ACL, they're kind of in shock. They say, well, it didn't hurt that much. Mm-hmm. It, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't always mean, you know, just be, you don't, you don't always have to have severe swelling and massive pain where you can't walk. To have a torn ACL. Yeah, it's it's and you need it when you're talking about playing a a, a game where you're going head to head with a guy and trying to draw strength from your lower half. Uh, are you an emoji guy on social media well, that all you have to do is put an emoji up and it says everything? I don't have. I mean, I don't have social media, but um, you're responsible. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> Omenahu, the defensive end for the Kansas City Chiefs, the emoji, broken heart. Broken heart. And I agree. Uh, Like Leon said it on our show, you wake up every morning afterwards, just every single day going, damn, damn. It just sucks to not be able to be there for your team. All right, 641-1010. If you have a injury question you want to throw at us, you can definitely do it and let us know what your thoughts are. One of the guys that was very interesting as far as what happened during the AFC Championship game was Kadarius Toney. And he was ruled out of the game. Now, I'll take you back real quick, Gio. Kadarius Toney is the same guy that lined up offsides when the Chiefs lost to the Bills earlier this season, and everyone went nuts, and Pat Mahomes went nuts on the refs, couldn't believe they called it. Well, he was so ticked off at Kadarius, but he wasn't going to show up his teammate. Bottom line is, Kadarius has been just – a, uh, a distraction, a disappointment. You could probably throw a number of adjectives his way, but the guy is just, he's loaded with talent, but cannot keep himself yeah. healthy or focused. So they basically say that he's not available mm-hmm. and that also was celebrating the birth of a child on Saturday and then went on Instagram live <laughs> saying that, that they were making crap up about his injuries. This guy's a little bizarre. Uh, former Gator, by the way. Yeah, well, um, look... I don't see why he, I mean, look, who has more to gain from the lie? I don't see why he would lie and say, I'm actually not injured. Because if you're injured, you're injured. But I can see the Chiefs organization saying, listen, we don't even want this guy on. We need an excuse why he can't play. We don't want to deal with why isn't he playing if he's healthy. So tell him he's hurt. I do like uh, your conspiracy theory. Uh, not bad. I mean, obviously something's wrong with this guy because he, he can't even line up straight on a straight line. True. True. Bit, and and I wouldn't be shocked if the Jacks pick him up because we tend to always pick up, 
you know, we just got to look at Trent Baalke's burner account and see if he talks about him. Oh, uh, it's exactly, which is, uh, what is that one? It is Broad Dog. Has it been confirmed yet? I, we, I think the one thing that we might have surmised, and again, we're just guessing, uh, I, I was joking on XL Primetime, uh, if you don't know, Trent Baalke comes out with his presser, general manager of your, of your Jaguars, and basically throws the entire coaching staff under the bus. At least that's my opinion. Yes. I'm looking at Gio. He might be nodding his head yes, too. So anyway, out of that comes a social media, what might be a burner account of him, base, uh, a Jaguar fan defending every decision that Troy, Trent Baalke's and ever made. picking the correct draft picks in the second round, third round, oh, fourth yeah. round. I yeah. mean, come on. What's the chances of that? We're going to keep an eye on Broad Dog on social media. So we cool. did a little forensic, and our social forensic team just went in on yeah. this, and we might have found out that Trent Baalke's brother, uh-huh. Troy, might be a candidate for the burner account. He's talking for his brother. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if not, he's giving all the inside information because everything he says comes true. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. And look, there's uh, there's more than one angry relative uh, in in sports families. Would you agree with that? But that there are guy, a lot of either helicopter dads <clears throat> or moms. We watch what has been going on in Dallas. I mean, you where saw they're going e- in on Dak. Etn's mom posted stuff on Twitter. That is true. That is true. Uh, and then um, Trevor Lawrence's dad gave thumbs up to a couple posts talking about the O line, and that means something. <laughs> that means something. It really does. All right, so. Uh, Kadarius Tony, we don't exactly know, uh, but he remained basically on the injury report uh, coming into this week as they're just now getting back to work. And he was he did not practice on Wednesday. Quote, not injury-related. It's personal. Uh, estimated a uh, the, that he'll be back. And Andy Reid did did basically defend him saying he was injured. So we'll find out uh, what's going on there. All right, 641-1010. We're going to hit a couple of other injuries, including what's going on in the NBA world with Joel Embiid. But I want to get to a couple of questions that we had, uh, and hopefully we can help you guys. 641-1010, if you do have a question, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what is it possible? Hang on, let me make sure I get this right because I'm going back in order as far as the ones that we got. Is it possible to treat a rotator cuff tear that is one and a half centimeters by one and a half centimeters, also some minor labrum tearing with PRP. I mean, it's possible you can definitely get a PRP shot. The one issue that you have is that if you have a full thickness, which it sounds like you do one by one centimeter, that a focal full thickness tear, what we call it. Explain that. Uh, so basically not the whole tendon is not ripped off, but a part of the tendon is fully ripped off, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, you can get a PRP shot, but you're not going to cure it, right? No one's going to – the PRP is not going to make that tendon get legs and crawl back to where it needs to be and, and attach itself, okay? It doesn't repair It itself. won't repair it, but it can take away the pain. Okay. And if you are pain-free, you know, maybe you don't need to get it fixed. And then it depends on what type of motion, what, what you do yeah, with Yeah, what you. you do with – I mean, I don't, know, I don't know how old this person is. I don't know what their uh, physical activity is-wise, but – Listen, there are plenty of people walking out there with a rotator cuff tear who have minim- who don't know that they have one mm-hmm. and have some issues with their shoulder, but nothing bad enough where they have to go to the doctor for. Okay. Right? And and if you can live with that, great. Right. And so, yes, you can get a PRP shot, but you know, the, I can't sit here and promise you that you're going to feel better. It's you, It might not work at all. It's just something to hide the pain, hide the inflammation, and see if you can go on your day you know, without needing a surgery. 
And if it will last, it depends how long. Right, because it's kind of interesting. And, and I'm just going to bring it back to me because I've had PRP done with Dr. George Bari, so I can at least speak with you know some authority here. I like to play radio doctor all the time, but this is, a, you know, I actually, I am a patient in this regard. Uh, and so when I had what was the golfer's elbow uh, and, and basically a lot of pain, PRP helped heal that, but yes. it wasn't a tear. But no, you had like, a, I think a partial tear, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah. So it was partially torn, not a focal full thickness. And so basically itself. it's stabilizing and it's helping and recover. Help, and helps it recover. Yeah. And, and and for you, you know, partial tears can do well with PRP because that can help finish a healing response. But when something is torn and not attached anymore, mm-hmm. something has to physically take it and put it back, right, for it to scar back in. Because that's how your body works. Your body scars back in mm-hmm. and scars to whatever things you put together and the cells connect. And so that's the issue when you have a little full thickness portion. You could definitely try it, but any like any PRP shot, I tell people, do the shot. That's what I told a patient yesterday. When If you want a PRP shot, pretend like the money is like you're going to Vegas. You're going to go to gamble knowing you might lose it, right? Because you might spend all your money and you don't get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's the risk you take when you do PRP and stem cell because it's not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. But if you do get it and it works, great. And statistics show that a lot of things that a lot of injuries it helps for, mm-hmm. but it's not a hundred percent. And PRP will cause a little pain to begin with, but it's beginning the healing cycle. And that's basically what you have to understand. Uh, and you have to give, you have to be patient. You have to give yourself time, uh, not doing anything, immobilizing that area. So you can have a better shot uh, of being a hundred percent. Speaking of me, my ankle tendonitis, I would like to brag on Gio, uh, Dr. George Barry, who uh, I, I started running every single day on the treadmill thinking I was going to do something great for myself, get in better shape, and then also get better, get better lab results because that's what I was worried about. Anyway, I wrecked my ankle. I wrecked my uh, peroneal tendons, even had a little small tear on the Achilles. And so now, little by little, I'm coming back strong. Rebound Rehabilitation, who's part of our Breaking Bones show now. We're going to have them on next week. They're helping me. So, Gio, more than anything else, you just got to get information. You got to take time. You got to let whatever area that's been hurt heal. Yeah, I mean, you know, therapy will be good to um, fix the muscles around it or excuse me, strengthen the muscles around it. And um, But time is one of those things I always say, you know, time is really good for injury. And mm-hmm. then you'll know – Hey, how long has it been since you injured? Oh, only a week. Well, you know, give it some time. Maybe we'll get better. Oh, it's been eight months. Well, now, you know, if it's still hurting after eight months, we got an issue, right? And and we got to go a different route. I thought you were like writing a love song there for just a second when you said, you know, time heals all wounds. I thought thought you might have been going bubble, you know, like soft rock on me or something right there. (laughs) All right, let's get to Joel Embiid uh, and a guy that fell hard on the NBA hard court a couple of few nights ago, actually. And MRI results, they're not completely 100% sure on what happened. But the bottom line is another big man, Golden State Warriors playing the 76ers, uh, Embiid to the ground, body right on top of him, just absolutely slams yeah. the knee yeah. into the hardwood. And it's straight down. Yes. Now, you could say in some respects it helped it because it didn't hyperextend it, but also. Yeah. I mean, he did hyperextend a little bit, but yeah. the ground definitely prevents you from hyperextending to a point, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like when. We saw his injury a couple years ago where he stood up and his knee kind of bent oh, all the way backwards, yeah. and he didn't have much injury. I don't expect much out of this MRI. I kind of looked this morning. I didn't see anything. Maybe I, I missed it, but um, I expect a bone bruise, if anything. Mm-hmm. He could have a small, what we call trabecular fractures, these small little fractures in, in the, inside the, the bone, but 
to have a, a, a big injury out of what the video that I saw, I don't expect it. Of course, weirder things have definitely happened. Mm -hmm. um, but just looking at looking at the video myself, I don't think he's going to have that big of an injury besides a bone bruise, just kind of a day-to-day -day thing. Yeah, exactly. And you know what else has come out of this? The whole idea of sitting guys, resting them, load management, all this stuff. There's no way you're going to be able to prevent something like this from happening. No. Give me a break. No. Uh, th th this is just, you know, heat of the game. People jump around trying to get a ball, and that's going to happen. Yeah, and, and I don't care whether he's sitting or not. If he sits, the next game, the exact same thing can happen. Correct. So get, get that out of your head. Uh, you know, and, and a year ago, Joel Embiid was the MVP, and once he got into the postseason – the big seven-footer shrank in the moment, okay? He wasn't as good. And I like the way he's playing this year because he's trying like hell to make sure that he gets back to where he can be an effective player, especially when it matters the most, which you know as well as I do. You said it earlier. You missed the, the NBA when the postseason mm -hmm. comes to an end. That's when you got to ball. Yep. That's, that's when, when you got to play. That's when you got to, you know, playoff, playoff him he comes out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, now I want to bring up, this is completely off of our radar most of the time, but... Uh, Adam Fantilli, uh, NHL player, one of the top players coming into the game. We hardly ever talk about hockey players, but calf tightness. And this goes back to what you and I had talked about before with my injury, that calf tightness can really be a signal that you may be pulling on those tendons too much and you might be risking further injury. Now, I don't know how often you've seen injuries for hockey players, Gio, but on those skates, you really yeah. have to be able he, to respond. He actually has a, a calf laceration, not a tightness. So he got cut. I'm assu I didn't see the injury, but I'm assuming um, okay. from one of the skates. You know, yeah, because he's, he's out for a we while. We saw that terrible one uh, maybe a month or two ago. The guy got his carotid oh my slash, gosh. right? So, um, yeah, he's out for a while. They're saying eight weeks because that's really – now this, that's a grade three hamstring. Mm -hmm. Right, <laughs> what he has in the so calf, full on tear, six to eight weeks yeah. for that sucker to heal, and so that's just going to take time. Okay, now when you say laceration, they all they can do is button it back up. You, you can't even stitch a muscle back. The muscle scar will have to scar in. Mm. He's lucky it's not; it wasn't lower or up high enough to be his tendon on either side, right? Because mm -hmm. if it was a tendon, then you're talking about months. Yeah. Being a muscle belly is is better for him. All right, that's pretty damn scary. Yeah. Pretty scary. Uh, I know we're kind of close to ending here, so I want to make a confession. Since I don't have to talk about it much because we only have a minute, mm -hmm. so it gives me an out. Mm -hmm. One of my mm -hmm. favorite things to do, Joe, after I watched like last last year when the Celtics, when the Heat beat the Celtics, yeah, and uh, obviously I'm invested in the Heat, not as an owner, obviously, but. I, they're my team. Emotionally invested <laughs> as a fan. And then when Detroit lost, because I kind of felt bad for Detroit because I feel like they're kind of like us, right? Dude, we're they just, were my Lions. We are, uh, you know, uh, haunted franchise. Mm -hmm. I listen to their radio. So on my car, there's iTunes, yeah. right? And you can click stations. And so I just type Detroit Sports and click it. And Just for a Boston minute, you went away from I do for like a day. I, did, I do for like yeah. a day or two and just listen to the misery. <laughs> And sometimes, at like when it was Boston, I loved listening to the misery and how much they complained. And oh, there's nothing like Northeasterners whining. Yeah. Their misery was great to listen to, and I enjoyed it. Detroit's misery, I felt really bad. But I get this obsession. I want to hear it. I do it for like two, three days. I'll listen to it in the morning, <laughs> and I'll listen to them complain and say how this guy needs to be fired, that this guy did this, this guy did that. And then after a couple of days, they start calming down a little bit because, you know, they're not – the next day is the worst, right? That's when – 
All so, hell breaks loose. Yeah. So this is like you've created a little fascination. I mean, look, same reason people listen to you the next day when, when the Jaguars Are you calling lose. me a loser? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, you want to, I don't know. There, I have this, maybe it's my glass half empty. Well, I do get it because, you, like, it brings, like, I'll use Mike Dempsey as an example, okay? If he's listening right now, he can curse me if he wants to. Host of Jaguars Today. He loves other people's misery more than maybe his joy. <laughs> and so you find something out there that someone else is suffering from yeah. to make you feel better. Yeah, misery loves company, <laughs> right? I mean, and I, I realized, I'm like, I have a secret obsession. Well, that's pretty. Doing this. All right, we're calling it what? I don't know. Your secret obsession is, is loser radio? <laughs> is that what you're loser saying? Loser radio. <laughs> All right, uh, real quick though. You want to talk about loser me feeling? Sure. Those were my lions. Yeah. I loved them this year. The main reason I loved them, I loved watching them play. Main reason, I had them at 19 to 1 mm. to go to the Super Bowl and win it. 19 to 1. And you would have been, you would have, you would have retired. So now I am a loser. Uh-huh. Okay. Because every year I pick a team, go to Vegas. Uh, bartender Kenny yeah. from Sunset Grill goes out to Vegas every year, lays my bet down. It's either a Ulysses or a Benjamin. 19 to 1, yeah. Geo. Did you bet on Kelsey breaking the record? Because uh, no. he doubled it. Should have yeah. got that. I probably should have. All right, we are out of here. We had a great time. Uh, we appreciate you all listening. 641-1010. Throw a question at us before we're, uh, you, we're done today, and we'll definitely try and get to it tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. What am I talking about? Next Sunday on Breaking Bones. Joe C. from XL Primetime. I will talk to you tomorrow at noon. Dr. George Barry. They can find us in podcast form. Google, Spotify, and Apple. Have a great Sunday. You've been listening to Breaking Bones with Dr. George Bari and Joe C. on 1010XL.